I'm determined to break the habit in the Episcopal Church of making amen, please be seated, one sentence. So, <laughs> so you guys figured that out. That was great. It is so awesome for me to be here today and to be with all of you worshiping in Easter season, a season of great joy and levity and laughter and hope and promise, celebrating confirmation with some young folks and adults and all of us on this day seeking to come to a deeper understanding of what it means to follow the risen Lord in word and action. So it's just a privilege for me to be here today, to be with Ted. I love the peacock. What a treat. We had a dove in Danbury. I was forbidden to touch it. <laughs> because I used to use it like a dive bomber and be like, it's like, a little scary, Laura, when you do it. So Ted, your touch was just perfect. And to be with my friend Linda, and uh, I have the privilege of being the bishop that works with the deacons in this diocese, so I've gotten to know Linda quite well and, and feel blessed to be with her and all of you on this day worshiping the risen Lord. Alan Gerganus wrote an interesting collection of short stories. The title of the book is called Blessed Assurance, and the first story in the book is also called Blessed Assurance. And it's a fabulous short story. I recommend it to all of you. It's a story about a young man named Jerry who engages in various forms of employment while he's seeking to put himself through college. The first thing he tries his hand at, you can tell a little how old the book is, the first thing he tries his hand at is selling encyclopedias door to door. Some of us may remember the people used to do that long before the internet and certainly long before Wikipedia. People used to come to you and say, would you like to buy the Encyclopedia Britannica, the whole great big set? We've got a set somewhere, infinitely out of date. He decided he wasn't very good at that whole encyclopedia thing, so he thought he'd try selling insurance. But he tried his hand at selling a particular kind of insurance. It was to collect weekly installments on funeral insurance contracts. Jerry's clients were mostly poor, some were uneducated, and some misnamed their insurance as assurance. So this led to calling Jerry around the neighborhood the assurance. So every day he'd ring the doorbells of their homes and he would be greeted by, oh, it's you, the assurance. The assurance paying the promise that when they died, their funerals would be glorious and glamorous, filled with music and flowers and family and friends. They were, were in fact, probably paying emotionally into more than just that. They were probably guaranteeing themselves a send-off far more extravagant than their, than their simple lives and also trying to buy the promise that their lives in the hereafter would be better, safer, more secure, the guarantee of peace, the assurance, heavenly pin money. For his clients, Jerry's weekly visits were the assurance that these promises would someday be fulfilled. The assurance. 
Isn't that what Thomas is looking for in that upper room when he declared, unless I see the marks of the nails in the hands of Jesus, I will not believe? Thomas was looking for a guarantee. Thomas was looking for something tangible, something he could touch, a means of making certain that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. And Thomas's desire, Thomas's hunger, was fulfilled. He was blessed with the opportunity to see and to touch the risen Lord. Blessed assurance. Perhaps you and I are more like the funeral insurance clients than we are like Thomas. You and I do not have the opportunity to touch the risen Lord, giving us the guarantee that where we place our faith and our hope is definitely, tangibly, 100% true. Perhaps we're envious of Thomas, thinking it would be easier to believe or to live a life of faith if we'd been given the same opportunity. Then we wouldn't have any shades of doubt. Like Jerry's clients, we hunger for tangible means by which to hold onto the promise that in this life and in the life to come, we will be surrounded by, watched over, and loved by the Lord our God. We hunger for that blessed assurance. So I thought today, on this day, when we celebrate this great rite of confirmation, and we all wrestle with the story of Thomas and perhaps some of our own doubt and longing, I would share with you some of the ways that I find that assurance. And I can tell you that the first way that I find that assurance not the first, maybe the second. I'll say the first is, is the constant feeling of being surrounded by the love of the risen Lord. And how that is affirmed for me, what gives me that assurance in part, is because of my conversations with Christian friends. Being able to share with my Christian friends some of my struggles, some of my challenges, some of my hopes, and some of my dreams. And in that loving re relationship, in those loving relationships, I find support and I'm brought to a deeper understanding of the ways that God's love touches my life every day. Through the love of a Christian friend, through the opportunity to share my journey and to hear some of their journey. Blessed assurance. Another way I find that assurance is through reading the stories of other people, hearing their journeys. I can see how God speaks in my journey, and it brings me to a place of understanding more fully the abundance and the breadth of the expression of God's love. And lately, I've been thinking a lot about signs and symbols and how signs and symbols might bring you and me to a deeper understanding of the abundance and the depth of God's love. 
lately I've been thinking particularly about the icons of the paten and the chalice, the plate on which we put the bread and the cup in which we put the wine. For me, the paten and the chalice can speak to me about the ways that God is with us always and that although we cannot touch the wounds in his hands, we can know that those wounds were inflicted so that we would know that when we suffer, we do not suffer alone. And that as with the crucified Lord, our lives are filled with the promise of resurrection, the assurance that the tomb is indeed empty, unable to hold true life. So the chalice and the patent. Just a couple weeks ago, I was leading the confirmation retreat that we do for some of the young people in the diocese. And we were talking about signs and symbols, and they showed a picture of the patent. And so we said to the young people gathered who were playing Jeopardy, and we said, what is that? And a couple of people said, it's the plate. And I actually didn't give them credit for that. Kind of mean. I said, no, it's actually called a patent. So the kids that knew it was a patent got the points. Like, oh, man, it's just a plate. It's an important plate. It's a patent. Holds the bread. Holds the bread of the Eucharist. The bread of life. And then the common cup. The chalice. The cup of salvation. And so the patent and the chalice as symbols point to what they contain. The bread and the wine. They're also symbols for what they promise that Jesus is with us every time we take the Eucharist. But more than that, Jesus is with us always. Bread and wine, created from the grains and fruits of the earth, the bread and wine used during the celebration in the Eucharist become for us symbolically or mysteriously the body and blood of our Lord the body given for us, the blood shed for us at the crucifixion. We do not have the assurance that Thomas did after the resurrection, but we do have concrete, tangible things that enable us to enter into the mystery that is the resurrection. Symbols that point beyond themselves to the promise that God loves us. And when we participate in those symbols, we can know that the promise is true. When we participate in the Eucharist, we can know God's love for us and for all people. Henry Nouwen has said, the Eucharist is the most ordinary and most divine gesture imaginable. And that is the truth of Jesus as well. So human and yet so divine, so familiar, and yet so mysterious. Jesus is God for us. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God giving himself to us completely, pouring himself out to us without reserve. He gives all there is to give. 
That's the gift to which the paten and the chalice point. What we long for, the hunger that we have, is fed in the Eucharist. But the Eucharist not only puts us in communion, in community with God, it also puts us in communion, in community with our neighbor. In sharing the common cup with one another, we share the common cup with our brothers and sisters in Christ. In the story, Blessed Assurance, Jerry's weekly visits were symbols of his client's hope, hope that they were going to be buried into a glorious and heavenly rest. For us, the paten and the chalice are symbols of the assurance that what we seek has already been bought and paid for. It's not something yet to be. It's something that's here and now. The chalice and the paten, symbols of the assurance that we are always with God, that God is always with us, constantly feeding us, nurturing us, and loving us constantly assuring us that we are loved, loved children of God. Blessed assurance. Amen.